Good morning. Be alive? Fantastic. Wow, like Dustin said, what an amazing experience this is to join together as one big, joyous family of God. This is truly like no other experience I've ever had in, in regards to worshiping, growing, and being able to learn together what it means to be the body of Jesus Christ with no separation, yet with complete integration. And this is what Integrate Service is about. May I encourage each and every one of us to learn and keep learning God's way of growing, of God's way of building, of His way of doing things, because His way is truly the best way. And I believe this is what we are experiencing here as a body of Jesus Christ, where we're able to experience a family togetherness in Christ Jesus. It is, the Bible says that God is the potter, and we are the clay. And the potter is the one who shapes us, doesn't he? He's the one who molds us. And we simply let him. That's all we do. Yeah? But we need to let him. Unlike clay, we're not, we have a choice. We can, we're actually created to say yes to God, or we can say no to God. But when we say yes to God, we become the shape that He wants us to be. And we become exactly reflecting and, and being His expression of who He is. And that's what the church is all about. So let's be the clay. Let's let Him continue to shape us and to show us what it means to be His church. Amen? Wonderful. Well, I wanted to start off today, if it's okay, with an activity. Can we do that? And this is going to require us as a whole family to join together. Parents, adults, kids, everyone alike. And it's a game. You guys interested in games? We're going to play a game called Master Says. Okay? I am going to be the master. And you guys are going to be the servants. So, the game goes like this. When the master says, the master says, and then gives you something to do, you need to do it. Okay? And so, if the master says, raise your hands, everybody raises their hands. Right? Good. Very good. But if the master doesn't say, master says... And I, I just say, raise your hands, and if you raise your hands, you're out. So we're going to all stand up. Master says, stand up. Okay, well done. So if you are out, you're going to have to sit down, okay? All right, so here we go. Master says, raise your arms. Wonderful. Master says, touch your toe, nose, nose. Touch your nose. Okay, everybody, touch your head. Oh, Master didn't say. So sit down. Okay, everybody raise your hands again. Oh, Master didn't say. Wow, so we're getting a little better. Okay, Master says, make a funny face. All right, Master says, stand on one foot. Master says, touch your head. 
Simon says, put your hands on your hips. Oh, I thought I'd get some people. Stand on your one foot again. All right. Touch your hips. Master says, touch your nose. Master says, touch your head. Big funny face. Oh, I got these are the true servants right here. Master says, sit down. Excellent. Wonderful. Today, my friends, we're going to be talking about a story that Jesus told about a master and his servants. And here in the adult service, we've been talking about a subject, a very important subject called knowing God. Of knowing God truly as he tells us who he is, not just of what we think about God, but about who God is as he tells us who he is. And we've been in the adult service looking at this Bible verse from 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 for many weeks now. And so you can go ahead and we're going to put it on the screen and fill in the blanks on your booklet as we read and look at this verse together. And it reads this, And we know that the Son of God has come. And has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So Jesus came to earth. And he gave us understanding for purpose. That understanding is so that we know him. Know him who is true. He's the only true God. And so when we know God, we know what is true. We know the truth about who God is, and we get to know the truth about who we are in him. So we've been learning and going through this Bible verse in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. But today, we're going to be, as I mentioned, talking about a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25 about a master and his servants to help us know God and who he is. And so we can trust who God says he is and not just who we think he is. This is very important. So we're going to be looking at this story in Master, uh, Matthew Chapter 25. So there was a man. And this man, my friends, is the master. This man decided to go on a very long journey. And so before he went on a journey, he called his servants, his three servants, and he wanted to give them responsibilities. He had lots of belongings, things that belonged to him, and he was going to give to each one of his servants these belongings so that they would be responsible for them. And the Bible calls what he gave to his servants talents, okay? And if you've never heard of what a talent is or don't know exactly what it is, that's okay. It's just another word for a kind of money that they used in the Bible times when Jesus lived, okay? But here's the thing. A talent was a lot of money, it was a lot of money. People who have studied the, the money and the history of money in the Bible have helped us understand how much possibly this would be. 
and it's about 75 pounds or 34 kilograms of gold. Who, who about here weighs around 34 kilograms or 75 pounds? Does anybody weigh around that? I don't. Who, who, weighs, who weighs around there? Anybody about 34 kilograms? Any kid? You do? All right. Maybe around there. Come on up here, Christian. Okay. This is my friend Christian. Give him a hand. All right. This is a very solid, solid kid. And, and, a, and a man of God, a young man of God, I believe. But imagine Christian was pure gold. Pure gold. Can I try to lift you up, Christian? Just, just to see if I can. That's, 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 that's a lot. This is how much a talent would be. About this much. So that's a lot. Who has this much gold in your house? Anybody? Well, don't, don't say, otherwise you might bring attention to yourself. Uh, but that's a lot of gold. And you are a golden kid. Thank you for your help. You may go back. All right. So a talent is a lot of gold. And the Bible, um, the people who study the history of money said it was around 15 years to 20 years worth of work. That's a lot of money. Yeah? Maybe around $2 million. That's a rough amount. So, just this is what the master was doing. He was giving out what his belongings were. And so this is what we're going to learn in our first point. It's probably already on the screen. The f- first thing is we know that the master in the story is God. Okay? And that the truth is that God is generous. Generous simply means somebody who freely gives and shares things that are very valuable. It's easy to give. If I gave this to teacher Dustin and said, oh, here you go, Dustin. That's not very generous. It's not worth very much, a plastic cup. And he might say, thank you. And go throw it away. But somebody who's generous gives something that is very valuable freely and way more than we can expect or we ever need. God is this way. His nature is somebody who gives very freely, very openly the things that belong to Him. And so God is the one who trusts us, His servants, His valuables. You guys know what a valuable is, right? It's valuable because it's valuable. (laughs) So he trusts us with his valuables. What are some of these valuables? Because we don't have a Christian-sized gold talent carrying around with us everywhere we go. What are some of these valuables that God has given to us? Well, simply, God's love. His gift of grace. God has given us His Holy Spirit. That is incredibly valuable. And through His Holy Spirit that lives in us, He's given us each a very special spiritual gift as well. He's given us also people in our life, in our family. He's given us people in our school. He's been given us people in our workplace. He's given us time. He's given us money. He's given us a house. And guess what, friends? All of this belongs to God. 
They're His valuables that He has given to us. And He's given them freely. He's entrusted them to us. They are spiritual things. And they are also material things. Things that we can see and touch. And we read in Matthew chapter 25 that the Master has entrusted these belongings of His to us based on our abilities. So to point number two, what we'll be learning here is that we learn that God is wise. Not only is God smart, God is wise. He's perfectly wise. So in the story, we see that God, the Master, entrusting one servant with more and another servant with less. Okay? And another with a different amount. But just like we learn, God gives us, what He gives us is definitely not a little. Do you understand? What He has given us, no matter how much He's given us, it's a lot. And He's freely given this to us. And He gives to us in His perfect wisdom. In His perfect wisdom of where we are. And according to our abilities. Okay? So what is this ability? That's a really good question. Well, who are these who are these people that the master is giving to? They are servants. And what do servants do? Servants, they simply listen to the master and then they do what the master says. True? So, it's based on our the abilities of a servant. So how well does a servant listen? And then how well does that servant do what the master tells the servant to do? Wow, this is so important. It's our ability, friends, to listen to God. It's our ability to do what He tells us to do. Just like the game we played, right? Master says, just like that, Do you listen to what the master says? And then do you do what he tells you to do? Do we love to hear the master's voice? Do we look to hear for him? Oh, was that him speaking? And do we expect him to to talk to us? And then when he tells us, do we then say, yes, I'm happy to do that? Or are we a little bit scared sometimes of hearing his voice? Of knowing what he will say. Because if he tells us very clearly. Then we don't know if we want to do it. Because I'd rather do what I want to do. Instead of what the master wants us to do. You see this is. His belongings that he gives to us. Based on our ability to listen to him. Our love to listen to him. And then also do what he tells us to do. The Bible tells us. That God He's wise because he does not see as man sees, but he looks to the heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 tells us that. So God knows your heart and wisely gives to you the right amount of responsibility. Whether you think that's too much or whether you think that's too little. God gives us the responsibility. 
And in his perfect wisdom, he gives that to us so that he can work in us and that he can work through us. God is wise and he knows that when you know him and when you know him, you then can do the purpose for what he's given to you. But listen to this. You have to listen. If you do not know God's heart, then you do not know the purpose for what He's given to you. Okay? You need to know His heart. Otherwise, you don't know His purpose. And we'll see that here in this next point. Point number three. God is purposeful. God is purposeful. The Master had a purpose to why He gave each servant his own belongings, and his own valuables. And the servants who knew the master's heart immediately, right away, went to accomplish the purpose for what was given to them. Okay? So we see two servants in the story who then know the master's heart so well that they went right away and did what the master wanted. When you know God's heart, you know your purpose because God is purposeful. God never does anything not on purpose. Everything He does is on purpose. He doesn't do trial and error. He doesn't scratch His head and say, Hmm, what shall we try here? Let's see if this works. No, just like we sang in the song, His ways are perfect. All of His ways are perfect. There is nothing that God tries and tries to do and says, okay, well, that didn't work out. No, everything he does is purposeful and on purpose. So let's read here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 16 through 18. The one who had received five talents went off right away and put his money to work and gained five more. In the same way, the one who had two talents gained two more but the one who had received one talent went out dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money in it this is a good story for us who are God's servants to see whether we know God or not okay the two servants who truly knew God knew this. God gives freely. God, He doesn't hold anything back. Everything God does, He goes all in. There's a song in Rooted that they sing, We're all in, right, Teacher Dustin? We're, God's all in. He, he, does, he gives everything. He doesn't do anything partially. He does everything with His whole heart. The servants who knew this master's heart knew that God gives freely and he goes all in. God gave his one and only son, my dear brothers and sisters. He held nothing back to save us. Those who truly know the master knows that he gives in perfect wisdom, like we talked about. Exactly what we need to accomplish God's purpose in us and through us. So the servants who knew their master knew that this was the master's money, not their money. 
Okay? That, this was their, his talent, and it belonged to the master. If you know God, everything that you have belongs to God. And so the servants who knew God went all in, <laughs> all in, held nothing back because they knew that this wasn't their money. This didn't belong to him. This belonged to God. It's his responsibility. This is freedom. It is freedom. When you hold on to something and you say, it's mine. My little uni is learning this really great word. Mine. Mine. And the moment she has to think it's not hers, she gets very upset. That's not too different from you and me. The more we hold on to something and think it's mine, we get upset when it gets taken away. And we can't give freely. Yeah? But the servants who knew the master's heart knows that he is generous. He goes all in. And so they took everything that the master gave to them and they put it right in to work for the master's purpose. Do you hear that? That's knowing God's heart. And they wanted to do what the master wanted. What did the master want? Well, he wanted to increase his property. He wanted to increase his kingdom. And so the point here is that God wants us to expand his property. He wants us to expand his kingdom with what he has given to us. Okay? So we can fully rely on the Holy Spirit that God has given to us. We can freely give to other people his love and his grace. Yeah? So that we can give the spiritual gifts that God has given to me, to the body of Jesus Christ, so the whole body is blessed and can be the body of Jesus in this world. He wants us to use all the resources of our time, of our money, of our, the, the things that He's given to us and our abilities for His kingdom. That's God's purpose for us. So that we can talk with those people in our family. Talk with people in, in schools and in, in our workplaces. So that God can use what He's given to us to expand His kingdom through other people. So that the kingdom of God, so His belongings start to be invested into people. And then when people see that, and when they experience that, they become a part of God's kingdom. They enter into His kingdom. And that's how God's kingdom expands. as through His people. And so that is what God wants us to do. To go ahead and take everything that He has given to us. And seek first His kingdom. Let's read Matthew chapter 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. And this first is there is no second. Seek first, there is no third, okay? This is not a list. So on your list, you must first seek God's kingdom and then you can seek whatever you want. No, this first is seek first and only. Seek first and only the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When we seek first God's kingdom... He takes care of everything that we need. 
And he does the increase. He's the one to expand his kingdom. The servant who dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money in it did not know the master's heart. In fact, he thought he knew the master's heart, but he was totally wrong. And I want us to listen to this. You can have many thoughts about God and who he is, but if it's not right, it's wrong. And if it's wrong, then you're going to live and have made choices out of your thoughts about God, and they're wrong. And that is why it's so important for us to not just have thoughts about God, but truly be seeking Him so we know His heart for who He is, so we start making choices and actions based on who He tells us He is. You see, the servant who didn't know God's heart, he was actually believing that the master was somebody to be scared of. The master was scary. He measured himself to the master and said, Master, your abilities and your ways and your standards are way too high. I don't think I could ever measure up to that. I think I will fail if I try. So I'm not going to even try. I'm going to dig a hole, stick this thing that you gave to me in the ground, and then not worry about it. Okay? So this servant didn't trust in the master's heart, but in his own abilities. Big difference. If we don't trust in the master's heart and for him and who he is and that he, what he wants us to do and he will accomplish what he will do through us, but instead we trust in our own abilities, we're going to end up digging a hole, sticking in everything that God has given to us and living our own life. Because the master was gone a long time and this servant wasn't doing what the master wanted. He was doing whatever he wanted. Thinking this is safe and this is okay, but he just left and, and lived his own life. This is what happens when we don't know God's heart. And know that it's not about his standards, but knowing that this is what he wants us to do with what he's given to us, and that he will accomplish the purpose for what she's given to us. He will expand. He will increase. That's his responsibility. The responsibility he's given to us is to know him and do what he is telling us to do and to go all in. And here's our scripture, Matthew chapter 25, verse 19 to 21. Not long after... Oh, excuse me. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And here's our last point for us. God is good and faithful. 
If you know God, you will know God is incomparably good. There is no one like Him. If you want to know what goodness is, know God. Because He's the source and He's the definition of good. And He's unchanging in this. And when you truly know this, you start to do good in your life. Naturally. Automatically. You start to do good works when you know God's goodness as real. And not changing. And you experience it day after day. You realize that who He is, His nature, is who I am. Because He lives in me. And that we can do good because He is living in me. And His nature is me. My life is in Him, we talked about. And His life is in me. So my life is His life. And His life is my life. You see clearly also what God wants to do. God wants to save people. God loves people. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter what people have done. God loves people and He wants to save people. He wants to transfer people out of this kingdom of darkness, of being slaves to sin, and rescue them and put them into His kingdom. The kingdom of His Son where they can be slaves of righteousness, but whatever they are compelled to do, they do because they believe that God is good and He will do good through them. So, when we are able to take trust in God's goodness, we trust in His faithfulness, we know God, then we will be doing good things and we will also be faithful to Him. When we know that God is faithful. Because God is faithful to do what He says that He will do. And when we trust in His heart for that, again, we will see Him be faithful. We don't see God being faithful by us being faithful. Okay? Let me say that one more time. We don't see God being faithful based on our ability to be faithful. When I, I try to be faithful, then I, I, I see more or less my lack of faithfulness. And I concentrate and focus on my ability to not be faithful. And I don't see His faithfulness. But when I see that God is faithful all the time, even though when I and unfaithful that he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself, the Bible says, then we come into that greatness of who God is. We know his heart and we're able to do good things and be faithful to him because we know God is good and God is faithful to accomplish his will of increasing the riches of his glory. And do you know who the riches of His glory are? That's you and me, my friends. We are the riches of His glory. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Master. The joy of God is to see God's wealth expand and grow. And Him doing it through us. There's no greater joy than to see God working through me. God working through Amanda. God working through Youngman. God working through Esther. For us to see Him grow His goodness, grow his, the riches of His glory, grow His kingdom in and through us. He chooses to do this. 
through us. It is a beautiful honor. And here's the thing. I want us to listen to this because I believe it's important. When you are faithful over a little, and that little is a lot, He's going to put you over more. And more. And more. That's God's purpose for you and me. To give you a little, and then you see God's goodness and faithfulness increasing that, and then He puts you over more. And then when you see God's goodness and faithfulness increase in that, He puts you over more. And this how is how God's servants are to reign here on earth to see His kingdom expands. Again, God grows the capacity. He grows our abilities. He's the one who grows everything that has life. Because God is life. And when we say yes and amen to what God has promised and to who He says He is, we get to know who He is and we get to experience Him grow the wealth of His kingdom in and through us. I'll read this last verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.24 as we close this morning. Faithful is He who calls you. And He also will bring it to pass. He's the one who calls you. He is the one who is faithful. And everything He has called you into, God will bring it to pass. Do not forget that. Let that be the anchor to your heart and soul. And God will bring the increase. And you will be put over more in His kingdom so you can experience more and more of your peace. Let's pray together.